my name is Mark Street and I'm the executive assistant to Jim McNeish. Jim and Kirsty Mack have been remanded by intelligence officers and psychologists since tea time yesterday because of their claim that they sent a podcast back from January 2022. The authorities have their doubts. On Monday, Jim and Kirsty met at the Port of Menteith, a notorious liminal or thin place in the Trussocks, which began the chain of events. They claimed that they received an email from their future selves with the podcast in question. While they are busy helping investigators with their inquiries, Kirsty made it clear through coded blinks that I should leak this out. Here is either a glimpse of the future or the ramblings of two fevered minds who apparently are now asking to be known as Death Girl and Shadow Boy. small things. The secret of the great stories is that they have no secrets. The great stories are the ones you have heard and want to hear again. The ones you can enter anywhere and inhabit comfortably. They don't deceive you with thrills and trick endings. They don't surprise you with the unforeseen. They're as familiar as the house you live in or the smell of your lover's skin. You know how they end, yet you listen as though you don't. In the way that although you know that one day you will die, you live as though you won't. In the great stories, you know who lives, who dies, who finds love and who doesn't. And yet you want to know again. That is their mystery and their magic. Adam Dati Roy. Well, hello, hello. Do you know what? I was transported back to 2020 then, because I think we used Aaron Dati Roy back then. And that was, we did, I just, I just had it all. Um, so um, that was the beautiful voice of... Jim McNeish here. And, and this I is speaking to you as well. Yeah. Be back. And I'm just sorry, I'm in an Aaron Dati Roy bubble. <laughs> um, and a little bit giddy because here we are at the Port of Antis by the lake, and we're just... We spoke about the sort of liminal spaces and we're in January 2022 and it's, January is always a bit liminal, isn't it? It's always yeah. a little bit in between-ish. And so we thought, even though we spoke about it so long ago, we thought whereabouts is the best in between-ish for us? And so here we be. It's fantastic because of course we couldn't do this last year um, because of lockdown, but like here we all are you know, and able to come oh, out to the loch and we're just really grateful that today it's just the two of us rather than a big crowd as there normally is here. Oh my goodness, so yeah, lockdown, 2021, we're in lockdown. Okay, so how you doing? How you feeling? Great, uh, great. I just, just the freedoms again to travel. Mm. You know, I, I loved getting away for Christmas this year. Um, that was the joy. It's like last year, the year before, I mean, it was like lockdown and you were in there. I was in the house by myself and I was fine with that. It was good. It was like, but you had to kind of sacrifice those things. But this year, just to get off to Hawaii and um, enjoy the, the garden island. And uh, I got such a tan, a little bit burned. Um, but I just feel, yeah, really healthy with it. Really, really good. So, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling good. I feel it's been a great, uh, totally mesmerizing year, though, in terms of, What's happened with Nation 
all the the growth and the things are in. And of course, I'm still living in Scotland. That's uh, well, it's not a surprise for some people, but it, it is for me. I, uh, I I thought I was moving on, but I, I do think that maybe there's still another year here or so. But um, I've loved it, Kirsty. It's been 2021. Every every moment has been excellent. Just watching the growth and the coming out of something has been great. But yeah, feeling good. What about you? What about you? Well, I'm pale in comparison to you, friend, with your Hawaiian tan, I tell you. Um, do you know what? I am, how am I? Like my cells are like little Ribena berries of excitement. <laughs> I see them, I visualise them and they're like, whee! Um, because, yeah, I, I, I am doing comparison. I'm thinking, okay, where was I in January 2021? And like, and now we're here and, you know, we're outside and um, it, it just feels expansive again. It feel, And I think that was building through all of 2021. And yes. It felt slower at the start of the year, <laughs> but mm -hmm. it felt like, oh, yeah, OK, this is, oh, and another and another. And yeah, I'm plotting that in a graph of the trajectory. And so it feels expansive. It feels like because of everything that we have experienced that, I don't know, it feels like a little bit more, so I suppose it is expansive, like, I feel like I'm seeing a lot, a lot more. Do you know, like, it feels like, I don't know if it's because of where we are, yeah. but I feel like I'm seeing all around me more. It felt like we were constricted, maybe even yeah. this time last year. But yeah, I'm feeling, it's like 360. It's also because we're in a liminal space, you know, we're in that that thin place, as we would say in Scotland, in the Portland, which of course you're more familiar with now that you're, you've got your new house just 10 minutes yeah. along the road. Uh, you'll be here a lot and it's like, you know, just being here, you get that sense of your mind goes into that space again of creativity and expansion. It's, it's almost kind of like it was a tight sieve, but you come to the Portland mm -hmm. Mentee and it gets stretched, so all, everything can just drop out, can just empty. And you're left with, you know, what else can I see? What else can I notice? Yeah, I feel that. I feel that. And so, as we always do, sort of at this time of year, then, you know, let's look back in the year. Yeah. You know, let, let's look back on 2021 because we're here. Um, happy Burnsday um, to you. Uh, yes, and to you as well. Um, <laughs> I will be obviously eating haggis again, vegan for myself. Um, yeah. But do you know... Where we, well, I'm sorry, but the only place we can start, yes, Burns Night, but this is now, I'm looking at my calendar, a year, a year since Joe Biden. Joseph Biden, gotta love him. What a great job he's doing as well, isn't he? I, I remember, I remember 2021, and I remember, I think we had the conversation actually, watching his inauguration which seems mm. like a lifetime away mm. and I was amazed at how soothed I felt oh. because I didn't realize I needed to be that well soothed and, and it just washed over me I felt it viscerally and um oh. I'm just sorry. I'm just thinking of Amanda Gorman and all oh, just like coming you back. Big, you got a big girl crush then, didn't you? Yeah, honestly, that yellow coat was bought the next day. Um, so yeah, I, mm -hmm. I, um, I think it was it was this time last year was 
it had hit people harder, hadn't it? Remember, because this was locked down 3.0 or something. Mm-hmm. People were finding it tougher. There was it sort was. of myriads of different weather sort of changes happening. And there was this hopeful yeah. light. It was. And then, of course, you know, Kamala Harris, oh. all of us started to notice that. But, I mean, remember the story at the beginning then was, um, she's getting a lot of upfront, so mm-hmm. wonder if Joe's just going to do one term, and then it gets handed to Kamala Harris, and um, and then we just started to think about it. Actually, Joe's just a baby compared to Nancy Pelosi and uh, Fauci, and these guys are in their eighties, and um, yes. it's like it's the it's the new it's the new sixties. And if you're sharp and you're wise and you can employ the wisdom of years, then you get the results we got in 2021 of, of calming a nation down, of working hard with differences, of starting to bring intelligence to people who have conflict and how they begin to work some of that through. And, and, and you know, some people are still holding out, but bringing the majority of the world along with this idea of needing to join up just the two of them together, just great. And and the thought being, if Joe does hand it on, terrific. But also, if Joe runs for a second term, well, if the first year's anything to go by, then, then we'll take it. Yeah, that whole, I saw last year a change in that generational debate. You know, when we've always, we were speaking about it, well, 2019, 2020, this is, this, this is the thinking of Generation X, this is the thinking of Generation Y. Is it? Mm-hmm is it and so maybe if we're not as prescriptive of this is what the millennials think and I saw a massive shift in that in 2021 yeah. and it, you know and I think absolutely Nancy high five because mm-hmm. it was that that moment of why yeah. and then the dichotomy of the beautiful 22 year old yes. in the podium at that time you know yes. and I can still I've still got it up on the wall you know, for there is always light if only we're brave enough to see it, if only we are brave enough to see it. And, you know, her book <laughs> is by my bedside table. So you've, and that wisdom, yeah. that holding a space existed across generations, even just, even back then in that day. Well, two of the most relevant voices, because relevance you normally associate with the Z generation, who are now, of course, we're all talking about. But two of the most relevant voices, uh, or three of the most relevant voices, is uh, a 79-year-old and an eight, two 81-year-olds. You know, um, you've got these really relevant voices. Um, and, and one of the wisest voices, 23-year-old. You know, so we're having to rethink where does our wisdom come from mm-hmm. and what is relevant and how do we start to do that? And remember also where in that first quarter of 2021, we stopped saying things like it's only affecting the old and the vulnerable as if that was okay. Remember, like up until then, like some of the narrative in 2020 when there was more fear there was quite a lot of this, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's still, it's just really, the people who are dying are in their 80s and, and are vulnerable. Like, like somehow that made it all right. Possible, yeah. And, and then when you start to get 
the value and the respect and the honoring and the need for wisdom that the world needs right now. And just, you know, some of the outspoken voices against that in the first quarter of 2021 just died all of that narrative down to say, you know, no life lost, no life sacrificed. An hour of somebody's life is incredibly magical and valuable. And who knows what they might say that just turns the world on its axis because here's certainly three people at that age who are affecting and changing the world in ways that are amazing. And still are. Still are. You know, that was not just a moment on a stage, was it? That is just that narrative and that wisdom has stuck with us throughout 2021. And, you know, gosh, that was only January. If you think of, you know, you've got, oh, in fact, it was January the Davos summit as well. Would that have been, that would that be? It, it was a year ago today. It started the new Davos, and that was the reset. The reset conference so that was the one on let's reset the great reset they called it in the post-covid era and then um, i'd started working with world economic forum in 2020 mm, yeah. Yeah. so i was watching it with incredible interest because the whole decarbonizing the economy a fairer economic world to live in they were beginning to tackle those those areas and and the whole reset thing basically set up the conversation for the circular and the low-touch economies. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where we then moved to, which is that, like, on the back of Biden coming in, you had the Paris Accord, you had um, you had things happening. Now, whether it was Kamala's power or whether it was just the fact that there was a systemic reaction to Black Lives Matter and some of the unrest... Yeah where you had these banks, like Greenwood Bank, I love this, mm-hmm. an actual digital bank set up specifically for Black and Latinx cultures. Um, so normally disadvantaged by banks in a systemic mm-hmm. racial way, uh, racist way, sorry, now setting itself up to absolutely promote and favour people from Black and Latinx cultures. It's like, come on, that's what needs to happen, Not, not you know, people tweeting about it as banks changing their policies or setting themselves up to favour those kind of things. And so that came out this year in a big way. People really started to join so that these cultures could flourish economically. Um, And of course, World Economic Forum is right on the back of all of that. Davos, that's meet and drink to them, you know, like, yeah, absolutely, more of this. And, and even like going back to our thoughts about the aging population, there was, I think it was a movie called Intern, but there was that um, a creative agency. Remember, it was like yes, Tinkerbell, yes. eight-week internships for people over 55. We saw more like Tinkerbell, because I just love the name, but that sort of was popping up. But then that just, it wasn't just a one-off. It was a real shift. And I even think about... I mean, the books about this Ricardo Semler, Seven Day Weekend from, gosh, what was that, 10 years ago, 15 years ago? All yeah, of yeah, a sudden, yeah. that flipped into 2021 and people were like, yeah, let's let's realign, let's reshare because the wisdom is there. Or, because people started in 2020 to think about how do I want to live my life? How do I want to lifestyle sustainability you know we were talking about Greta was there yeah telling us to really focus on it 
And so whilst Greta's voice is still there, it feels like more people have joined her. Yeah. And it feels like, you know, you've got sustainable travel, you've got, you know, Google searches up 8,000% in terms of how to live a sustainable lifestyle. It felt like all of a sudden, because we, you know, 2020, which seems eons ago, we were sent to our rooms, right? To think about, That's to right. think about what is the, all those sustainability goals and the UN goals, you know, just think about it and it feels like that's where my Ribena berry cells are so you also got you got new heroes you got new champions like that little coffee company that showed us how to think about time yeah you know a little coffee company that basically says it's going to take us um (laughs) a long time to sail seven and a half thousand miles from Colombia Cornwall uh, or something, wasn't it? I think it was Cornwall, yeah. Cornwall. It's going to take us it's 7,500. It's going to be weeks. However, we choose to spend our time doing this. A, it's a stand about sustainable travel. Yeah. B, it tells people what our coffee is really about. And C, it's going to be an adventure. And we're learning how to sharpen the saw with multiple activities at once. A, great adventure. B, a real stand for what we're about now sustainably. And see, we are actually going to transport our coffee and make some money uh, when we get there. But, but that idea of now being schooled with the next generation coming up of business people about just how to do things differently. You know, that was just a gorgeous thing to watch. You know, and we were talking about B corporations and I think 2020, we shone a light. We Remember, we all had our list go, I can't we all had our list of these are the brands that I'm definitely going to, um, you know, when I come out a lot down, I'm definitely not going near. And yeah. these are the brands that I'm sticking with. You know, we saw that um, values driven, ethics driven, moral compass coming through a lot more. Um, and 2021, just I think for me personally, just escalated that. And I think, you know, even in terms well, oh yeah, I think it was just last year, did the Pope not go to Iraq in March? <laughs> he did, he did. Yeah. It was the first ever. Yeah. First time that the Pope ever visited Iraq. Um, that, message in peace. Oh my gosh, that was last year as well. So we've got, you've got that. And I think the societal divide was more prevalent in 2020. Well, it was only about May or June last year in 2021 where we started to get clear about just how differently people had experienced lockdown. You know, like we had those great documentaries, these great documentaries on television reflecting back on the previous year that were able to show us that, you know, I, I came through it fine. 2020 was okay for me and, mm-hmm. and it was you know, the business built. Mine was transferable online. You were the same, you know, you had a great year and, and it was enjoyable. Uh, but we started to get an insight into just how it had affected families whose work requires them to do this, how many of their extended families had died, um, how tough it was to get work, and um, just that social divide. And so I think with the Pope visiting Iraq, um, just a phenomenal... Uh, message of diversity, tolerance, coexistence, 
And of course, Iraq at that time was majoring on construction. You know, so so much kind of terrorist activity that had destroyed large parts of it. And, and of course, the ongoing battle between Shias and Sunnis, just that real kind of turmoil. Suddenly, we were starting to see solutions to that. Suddenly, you're starting to see those things come good. And then to actually get the Christian representative in the middle joining the dialogue, joining the, t- the, the conversation, suddenly we started to see things with a bit of hope. You know, and, and the very act of construction, the fact that construction was number one on their minds mm-hmm. and building cities again and, and, and building places that people wanted to be, just to me felt, just. I think that was one of the biggest boosts for me just at that time, there just says, ah, oh, yes, we can, we can make that happen. Do you know what it felt, you know, when you're talking about building there, I think about for me, there was a, like a mixture, you would say a paradox of, disintegration and collaboration so the C, collaboration was the c word of 2020 at the start of 2021 i think even if i think back to talking to some clients that collaboration was starting to diminish a little bit mm-hmm. we're going back to having more sort of power struggles silos back to the sort of silo mentality yeah we saw across the water Joe, Joe and Kamala like getting us to unite. God, in fact, that was their word back in 2021. It, yeah. it, was, it was unity. You've got that plus disintegration. You know, we started it with Brexit. We're talking, hello, let's, let's go to May election, right? Scottish independence. Independence. It, it is. A mixture of, you know, more companies now talk, more companies, sorry, countries talking about leaving Europe. So there's there's distinct collaboration and unity coming through and also disintegration. Yeah, it's going to be a huge, like, you know, it was, it was interesting um, watching the SNP get back in again, but with a much smaller majority. Um I was really surprised just how much ground Labour took. Um, and I was wondering if it's because it's sort of Ruth Davidson's kind of more absence um, from it. But um, there was a lot more ground taken there. And I guess that fended off most of the argument for independence because there really wasn't the mandate given. But um, it was a frightening time to just hear again uh, more of the banging of the drum again about split, split, split. And for good reasons, you know, like there's. Yeah. A lot of my family vote um, independence and they, they have a really strong historical sense that this is our opportunity and this is the way to go. But um, it, was a, it was a hard time to watch in terms of... Um, and then the juxtaposition, you know, one of the things that really bothered me was that the big issue in Scotland is education. Our educational system used to be amazing and it's yeah. not really good now. And um, and in some parts, really low. And um, looking at some of the initiatives that were coming out there. So um, remember that Creighton Kids company? And they partnered. Yeah. Yeah, partnered with the Jane Goodall Institute, basically starting to make children's furniture, but with stamps and shapes like animals to start to get children really interested in wildlife and back in nature again and ecology. Um, I, I thought 
there was such a juxtaposition to us continuing a very political argument yeah. when in fact what's really needed is massive innovation in our education in Scotland um, and for all of us to take some kind of responsibility whether we have children or not for the generations coming up to say how could we get you know companies like Creighton Kids and others out there who are, are and what about what about the drag act what about that um drag queen yeah that 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 teaches maths online so yeah yeah kind santos and basically teaching all of us how not to misinterpret statistics but at the same time in full glamorous drag get out teaching basic maths to people online and how popular that became and that speaks so much into the heart of the inclusion thing that was working in america at that time some of the social reform that was going on with the Pope out in Iran at that time. It's like, how would they be with that? You know, like there was suddenly a world opening up in terms of still some people three or four steps ahead of all of us saying, come in, the water's fine. And it just felt like these type of things were not only just fun, but they were important in terms of provoking all of us about, well, what do you think? What do you think of this? What, what, What do you make of this interaction now between children and people expressing themselves as they want to express themselves. What do you now think? And uh, I just felt like that really stirred it up a lot at that time. But, but, but also the main thing it did for me though was return me back to why aren't we talking about education in Scotland? Mm-hmm. Why doesn't that become the main thrust rather than independence? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm just, I'm like even remembering it all now and even hearing you talk about Two of the words that popped out for me there and actually would sum up my feelings of of 2021, weirdly, are fun and adventure. Because there Mm. was adventurous organisation. There was, I think the fun and adventure came after radical acceptance. And the radical acceptance, I think, hit us in the first quarter. Yeah. I think a lot of us were in denial in January, February, maybe going into March. I think we felt like that reset, you know, the World Economic Forum, that reset button happened and we got radical acceptance. And we, when we got radical acceptance, we, it felt like there was a relaxation, which therefore allowed more things to come in. Yeah. And there was an openness to that. And there was the real conversations about inclusion and, um, and yeah, and, and it was even, you know, you look at, I'm going to bang the vegan drum now, you know, just, yeah. we saw a massive shift in veganism and now, you know, no, no organisation is doing veganuary now because it's like, well, with the amount of people that are vegan, you know, yeah. because I mean, I think that the biggest shift in that, I'm sure it was in 2020, maybe? tail end of 2020 going into 2021, where effectively the su- supply chain, because of the, the early start of the pandemic, the supply chain had changed. Therefore, it was easier for companies to bring out and, and get to market some of the, the vegan products. Yeah. And it, it completely accelerated the, the, the opportunity for the vegan economic system to set up and now 
you go to a supermarket, oh, hold on a minute, now you go to a supermarket and it feels different to, next, to last year. And also, you don't just get that wee teeny wee section in Marks and Spencers, you know, when it's like, here's your little vegan thing. Um, there's just, boom. Yeah, yeah, it's there. Or you go into a restaurant in Tel Aviv called The Chicken and it gives away the lab-grown chicken burgers. You know, like it's it's manufactured meat, but it gives them away. If you want it, you can just have them. It's just trying to promote that kind of, of thinking. And do you know the thing that really struck for me was on the 11th of June, there was a G7 conference in Cornwall. Oh, gosh, yeah. Um, and the fact that you had now Biden present at it and um, yeah, a sadness around the fact that it was going to be Angela Merkel's final one. Oh. Um, but you had all of this this group there, and um, veganism was part of their their conversation because it was changing farming, and it was going to be changing environmental issues. Um, it was going to be changing the carbonization of uh, uh, the decarbonization of the of industry. You know, the more it got to come in, and um, uh, watching the world leaders kind of stumble into it. We're going to have to talk about these things now because that's changing this post-COVID era yeah. economy. Um, and certainly people have become conscious of their consuming habits and particularly their eating habits. And now people are actually believing the impact that meat has on the environment. They're starting to believe the impact that those industries had. But equally... And this is where the World Economic Forum's Davos stuff, intelligence started to come in. They were dealing with the paradox that says, so what do we do? Do we tell all the South American farmers that actually there's no money for you and your families this year, give up what you've been doing, and we click our fingers and we shut off the pipeline? No, that plunges us into even more desperation. So suddenly what we've changed is how we're talking about the tensions and the tensions that we're talking about. And I feel like for the first time, those leaders were much more transparent and public about those unsolvables and about bringing it to the public to say, okay, we need more of these great solutions coming from industry. Yeah, I, I think that I can still see that photo of them all there sort of lined up. And I did, I felt so sad, you know, because it was Angela left. Um, so I can still see it. And it felt like there was that transparency of, you know what, we don't know. And we're comfortable in the uncomfortableness of not knowing and really went out to market with a question of bringing some solutions. That unity, that collaboration, while we've still got the disintegration happening, that collaboration and, and you know, I think as, as leaders, it is about being more, aware of these accelerated technologies. You know, I mean, let, let's face it, did we ever think that we could all travel to Tokyo in July 2021? Well, yes, because they were able to bring a technologically advanced Olympics to our home. Brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Did, um, I haven't been able to get one yet. My, I'm, I, I, my mind's on it though, but you know, this, my, favorite invention in 2021 was from Brelion and the San Mateo um, organization and it sounds simple but basically a 32 inch screen that is so designed 
that it makes you feel like you're watching a 122 inch screen. So the way that they've done everything round about it, the way that they've curved it is you sit in front, but you think it's about, you know, 20 feet away from you and you're watching this vast screen, but it's a small one. And so that with all the immersive technology that came out in 2021 as well, just felt like you were in the race. You know, I, I love that bit where they were starting to predict that with, in no time at all, you get to feel like you're a runner in the race and you see oh who's goodness. ahead of you and who's behind and how it's all working and, and what oh, you can notice. But the technology from there was brilliant to watch. It was amazing. And he, uh, honestly, I was back to my running days. I was there. I, you know, my mum, I could hear my mum screaming. My mum used to vomit when I was like running because she just got so <laughs> nervous. I remember actually going to one, no, must have been the 100 metre final. And I was at my parents' house and we were watching it. And my dad's like, oh my goodness, like you are in Milton McCampsey and you are screaming, screaming yes. at these people in Tokyo. A mum with these glasses on. It was just... Oh my gosh, one of the most fundamental moments because actually they both had, in fact, has that been July? I'm getting mixed up with timings. They've had the vaccine, obviously, at that time because, and I had just had my first son. So yeah, yeah, that was probably the first time I'd kind of been with my parents and were screaming at yes. the Olympics. And it was oh so my goodness. Thrilling. It was so just that whole immersive bit, but also just to get back into that sense of normality beginning again in terms of the things that we want to be normal again, like yeah. brilliant competitive sport, like all yeah. those things. But you know, the juxtaposition for me, Kirsty, was how we stopped being amazed in a, in a good way. Like, okay. if I think back to 2021, how many times did you just stop and say, oh my goodness, we're in the middle of a pandemic? Yeah. But in 2021, I felt like we stopped saying, oh, my goodness, I'm wearing immersive technology and I'm at a rock concert mm -hmm. and it's better than the actual experience. It, do you know what it took me back to? Um, when my brother bought a hi-fi system and it was record player and it had the speakers that were separate. So that was the big deal. The speakers were separate. Mm -hmm. And Sam said to me, listen, Jim, put on a, 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 an album. And what to do is put both the speakers right against your ears and you turn it down a bit, but you put them both against your ears so it's just solid wall of noise and you'll feel like you're at the concert. And I remember him and I both used to listen to music like that when the other one wasn't in the room. We'd actually have the speakers up against our ears, just low, but you felt this kind of like totally immersed in it. And I remember the first or second time I ever did that and it was thrilling. And it was like, I got that thrill back again at the age of 54 with the immersive technology that was now happening. I was like, this is just stunning. This is astounding. I love this. Absolutely love this. It's, it, it, it felt like we were handed just the world to, to access it. And it, there was probably elements of it and probably didn't recognize or accept it in 2020, but we are exceedingly privileged that we were able to there was a large part of industry that was able to do it online. Um, and it allowed us to get into more homes and to have access to more people in the world. And I think it felt like that got accelerated in 2021 with sort of new platforms coming in. And I think in 2021 as well, we started to realize 
what was the right technology for what? You know, I even think like back in, oh, I think we were still, some of my clients were still WebExing in 2020 or even mm. into the start of 2021, but, but also, you know, we were using it right. So Teams became something that was for meetings. Um, yeah. And we had that whole sort of, people didn't use the security as a, an excuse. And um, we started to see more accepting of different tech and using it well, you know, even if you think about Microsoft Teams putting in the com commuter time to mm -hmm. say, right, you know, this is sacred time, give people back their time because, you know, the majority, I'm going to say the majority, you know, some of my clients are back in the office, uh, you know, offices are, you know, still in the same place as 2020, a massive shift. Um, yeah. in terms of our working environment so it was being savvy about the tech um, and being and bringing it like you say you know the concerts we went to and the olympics and stuff but actually being really clever about how we used it in business well i remembered you talking about that you got your book publication all online yeah. because your book was released in september mm -hmm. and um it's been brilliant success um and but all of it done online in terms of how you negotiated your contract or, and, and that's how you did it differently. Some of it technologically, a kind of hybrid approach, all that stuff was really, really cool. Yeah. But yeah. can in, you know, your book, which is on the nature of, of, of death, yeah. um, how do you now reflect back on it in terms of its meaning and why it came about during 2020, 2021? And, you know, it, it has been such a good success. What are you reflecting on it now, yeah. Kirsten? It's weird how we, we do things and then we move on. We do things and then we move on, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm now known as the death girl. Um, yes. So, yeah. you know, that's, um, you know, the shadow guy and death girl. That's um, it. That's us. <laughs> that, um, so, yeah, that, it felt like even in not knowing enough about it, but the publishing world was changing and, and that's a legacy world. And it really changed in 2021. Um, I... I knew it was right and I knew it was right for right now. Um, I learned so much through the whole process myself about, about me more than anything. Um, so very, it, I was shocked at how selfish the book writing process was in terms of my learning and in terms of um, the insights and best principles that it gave me. And so now obviously the next one has to be done. Give yourself more pressure. Um, and, and yeah, it, it was for me, that is obviously one of the excitements and sort of highlights for me. But Fabulous. as your good self. Yeah. As your yeah. good saying about my book. Yeah, I did. Uh, I loved getting a leader's shadow done. I'd always wrestled to write a book. And then it just felt right. And I think the reason it felt I think the reason both of us had success with our books was 2021 really was the year of mental health. Mm -hmm. You know, so yeah. whether it's facing into your own mortality is a, a yeah. huge aspect. Most therapists would actually argue that a lot of um, psychopathy and, and, and difficulty that people experience, psychopathology actually, um, and, and, um, and difficulties is sometimes it's about not being able to face into death. And then, of course, the other bunch would argue this because they've not embraced the shadow. 
And whereas we know it's a mixer of all of it and one connects to the other. But looking at the, the Roundel's um, uh, global sort of employee experience trends, when it came out that companies who invested in mental health of their employees significantly showed an improvement in productivity, collaboration, innovation, empowerment, engagement, and culture. It's like th this, this was statistics, that those who were making it online were cognizant of the mental health of their companies. And I think a lot of our clients yeah. who bought our books and who took our teaching had put that stuff into place. And the, the difference between 2020 and 2021 was the priorities for business in 2020 was strategy, engagement, and purpose. And in 2021, it was mental health, values, and flexible working. And it was the difference in these large companies about how they managed that way of working. So everything to do with the interaction and the health of their employees was so important at that time. And I think you and I just hit the zeitgeist at the right time. Yeah. I love the fact that you're Shadow Man and I'm Dave Crow. Um, I think it works well. It is. It was that massive shift, and you know, and we we've spoken about it a lot, and you know, we talk about Merkel as a loss. Um, really seeing that light on women in leadership. Really seeing that coming through. When was it she left? When was it she finished? September. Yeah, it was September, September. 26th. <laughs> yeah, so that was, it. It was the last like, day. Yeah, because we spoke on that day. We spoke mm -hmm. on that day, I remember. Um, it might have been tears and stuff. But mm. I, yeah, it, it, there was a steadiness. There was a, what I got from Merkel, like anywhere, um, uh. was we've got this. We've got this. And that for me is feminine leadership. Rather than for us to go to a gender argument, I think that is, you know, feminine, masculine, that that statement of, it's okay, we've got this, is feminine leadership, I think. Taking in over a million refugees, when she knew it would just create political harm for her. Like, you know, she made a stand based on values and on truth rather than based on the retention of power. And um, goodness, I just trusted her That's as a right. voice in Europe. I trusted her. Um, and, you know, fortunately, she's now not the only one in the world. There's, you know, a lot of female leaders that we're now starting to see come in who are trustworthy, who are doing a great Absolutely. job. Well, 2020 shone a light on, on Jacinta um, yeah. in New Zealand. And... I remember actually speaking to my friend in New Zealand in 2020 and saying she might not win the election and going, hello? <laughs> <laughs> New Zealand watched the news. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, just, it feels like her, I don't know, it feels like her voice has got louder or more people are listening. It's joining up. And then you've got the Finnish, yeah. you know, cabinet. Yeah. Um, it's a, a bunch of fairly young women who are running that country successfully and you're starting to it's starting to create curiosity about are we spotlighting them or is there a distinction so so the stats the academia would say there's actually no real difference between men and women leading so um anderson and hansen's work 2011 
um, that actually in terms of if you look at the main different styles of leadership, men and women are the same really across the piece. But if you do more of the anecdotal or how does it feel or the kind of perception piece feels that there's a drastic difference between being led by a woman and being led by a man, um, huge. And, um, and maybe your perception is active in it. Maybe we have to do away with the perception because we're maybe calling it up by our observation. But um, I'm always struck by Richard Rohr when I remember him at a conference saying that if you look at indigenous people, they shame the men before they take on head of a household or head of a tribe. They shame them as part of the rite of passage, but it's not deemed necessary for female leaders. Um, they don't require the shaming. So men has to be stripped of power before they're given it back so that they'll use it appropriately, but it's not necessary for the female psyche. And that's consistent across a number of different indigenous groups. It's like, what is that? Because it resonates. Yes, that's, yeah, that's cellular. I get that, like that's so bad, cellular. So that that's a big, I, I think we'll see that what will we see in 20, that coming to the, the humanistic, I think, element of leadership more this year. I think we saw it called out in 2021. I think we'll see it more so this year. Twenty. I keep saying 2022 because it sounds so futuristic. Um, yeah. That human-to-human, empathy-driven, back to ethics, values, moral compass, the humanitarian element of leadership is the conversations that we're having this year yes you've got the you know we've kind of the leader of now is a innovator a technologist and um, you know is looking at the accelerated you know a futurist because we yeah. all like, so that futurist innovator technologist and humanitarian so those four kind of combinations coming together that's our leadership yeah and and i think it was shown at the um at the COP conference in Glasgow in November. The, you know, the marked difference I noticed in that, and it, you know, it seems like yesterday, but you know, it was like two months ago, three months ago. And um, what I found interesting at that was it was no longer just a diatribe against humanity for getting it wrong about the environment. They started to think in human terms. They started to think in human motivation, about human fears, about human shadow, you started to actually see them um, not just engage as almost like an activist organization, but they, they started to take their place. That conversation was immense in terms of nations really starting to do talks about what does it take to genuinely motivate people away from their fears and away from their need to hold on to their own protections to start to take responsibility for this tiny little planet that we're all on. And I felt like COP in Glasgow in 2021 got it and started to change the, the, the dialogue. So rather than you're wrong for doing this or leaders need to kind of take a grip, it's, it's no, no, we get it. We get why you've done it. Now here's the pathway. And I felt that was a breakthrough. Do you know what I hadn't even thought of it like that? I had not thought about it. I think you're absolutely spot on. It felt outside of us previous to that. And it was on the fringes where it feels intrinsic to us. And it's more values led and that's the ethics again, isn't it? And just like, yeah, what, it wasn't how, how could we do anything? I'm just one person in a CEO of, it's like, what am I doing? And everyone yeah. is, yeah, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing this. 
and I'm comfortable, you know, I, even if, if I perceive it as a little thing, it's a thing. Yes. And we're all doing it. We're all doing it. You know what it felt like to me? It felt like, you know how in quantum physics, at one point, somebody kind of reached the point of saying, oh, we've got a theory of everything now, or that's what they were after. This is how it all joins together, macroscopic, microscopic. Yeah. It's like, well, okay, <laughs> that's a bold claim, <laughs> but, you know, and then there was a theory of everything around consciousness. Ah, we now understand different people are that, Ken Wilburn, some, there's a theory of everything. It felt like at COP in Glasgow, we were starting to get a, a theory of everything about how to run this world. It felt like they joined environment to Black Lives Matter, to the economy, yeah. to if you're treating people like this, then that results in this. And we started to join the dots and it felt like it just started to get really wise at that point. And I think that's why I'm here now in, in January thinking how amazing and liminal we are that we're starting to now all get access to the bigger picture and the part that we all play in. For the interim time. When near the end of day, life is drained out of light and it is too soon for the mind of night to have darkened things. No place looks like itself. Loss of outline makes everything look strangely in between. Unsure of what has been or what might come. In this wan light, even trees seem groundless. In a while, it will be night. But nothing here seems to believe the relief of darkness. You are in this time of the interim, where everything seems withheld. The path you took to get here has, has washed out. The, the way forward is still concealed from you. The old is not old enough to have died away. The new is still too young to be born. You cannot lay claim to anything in this place of dusk. Your eyes are blurred and there is no mirror. Everyone else has lost sight of your heart and you can see nowhere to put your trust. You know you have to make your own way through. As far as you can, hold your confidence. Do not allow confusion to squander. This call which is loosening your roots in false ground that you might come free from all you have outgrown. What is being transfigured here in your mind and it is difficult and slow to become you. The more faithfully you can endure here, the more refined your heart will become for your arrival in the new dawn. John O'Donoghue.